I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Welcome back, guys. We are back. Tiger King After Show here on AfterBuzz. And we, today we are going to talk about Episode 8, which aired last Sunday. It was the one that all the drama uh, that Jeff Lowe did the cameo to Justin Turner and said that they were filming. This is the episode with Joel McHale where they're going over everything. So we're going to cover everything that goes on in that episode. Um, before we get into that, let me introduce myself and my two co-hosts. I'm Jesse Zayner. And with me today are the rest of the Tiger King panel, Al G, Al Gregg, as you know him. Hey, everybody. What's up? It's your boy, Al G, again, ready to talk Tiger King in the quarantine and chill and apocalypse and chill and all that good stuff later. Yes, later he'll have his special segment. So stick around for that. And Cortez Kirkwood. Yeah, we are back. We are. It has been a wild ride on this show, but... uh. The after show kind of, you know, gave us the last, not really missing pieces, but it kind of gave us that last little touch of, oh, okay, we can now sleep well. Right, <laughs> right. So I, I don't even know where to begin because I have so many thoughts because I, I, it is kind of just like a, a recap of everything, kind of where is everybody now and yeah. like whose side are people on and also a little bit about um, the editing and you know what went on because I, I feel like we got a different view of people in this. I, yeah. I really feel like that. So, I mean, let's just start at the beginning with Eric Cowie. He was the first one that came on. Um, he's the, the guy with the long blonde hair who took care of the tigers when you know Joe was basically just like being a narcissist and being in front of everybody and not really caring for the tigers as well. Joe, Eric was there to take care of them. He kind of like flipped this, the switch with Joe, I feel like, but I kind of oh, at yeah. the same time understand him because he loves these animals. So Cortez, what did you think of Eric and where he's at with everything now? Well, I will say, I thought it was interesting because much like the rest of the cast, they all kind of mentioned their fame and how they go to Walmart. It was like, you know, like, oh, you, yes. he seemed to be, uh, there were, there was another person that we'll talk about. He seemed to be very, uh, he, I wouldn't say his the flip, the script changed with him, but he seemed to be very like, no, 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 Joe, you know? And yes. I wasn't surprised, but I mean, like, even, even in his last little state, he was like, F all y'all. You know, so what yeah. I, I was getting that he was upset about you know, and even just like the fans, it seems I don't know. Like, I think maybe it seems like he got backlash a lot about a lot of things, and he's just like over it. I'm surprised he even did the after show because it's like yeah. he'd be the person to be like, no, I'm not doing it because he just he didn't seem like he he didn't yeah. care. He didn't care. Just like f all that. His entire interview. <laughs> yeah, Al, what are your thoughts on on Eric? Yeah, no, I agree. He looked like he definitely wasn't ready for the post Tiger King fame or whatever notoriety yeah. or infamy comes from it. Um, and in this interview, it lost. I mean, he was also kind of. Um, I don't know how to uh, characterize him. I don't. I don't know if I thought he was kind of evasive, ethereal, and we were talking about last thing uh, on the last episode. I was. I was probably drunk half the time. But yeah. this time I really thought, you yeah. know, he might be missing a screw, you know, he might be short one of the tools in the Very. tool shed because he was like, the show's on, I can yeah. watch it. What are you right. talking 
And like, yeah, maybe, we hadn't seen the episode. Yeah. yeah. It's like somebody, maybe somebody needs to check on Eric. Hashtag check on Eric, man. Because, or maybe couldn't even afford a Netflix account. Because if all these people are seeing him out and about, you know, watch, you know, filming him, you know, was, obviously <laughs> the show is out there to the public. He didn't have to wait for the producers to send him a cut. But, hey, you know, maybe maybe that's all a part of who he is. It's a part of him is, is endearing to and kind of sad, like for, like everybody. Yeah, we have free Joe Exotic in the live chat, and he says apparently him and Donald Trump are the two only the two people the two only people in America who haven't seen it. But yeah, I mean, um, there was I was I was shocked that he yeah. hadn't seen it. I I was different from Kirkwood or from I'm sorry I'm calling you by your last name. I was different. I felt differently than Cortez. <laughs> I didn't expect him to like um, flip on Joe so much. But I, but I, at the same time, I kind of did because I understood that he um, loved these animals. But at the end of episode seven, I was really worried about Eric. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's not going to make it. He's like going to kill himself. That's what I thought. Cause like, he was just not doing well. Yeah. I feel like he's doing a lot better now. Um, and I just thought he was funny, um, but I think he's doing better. And I think he, he also mentioned that he was never on drugs. His teeth are just bad. <laughs> I found that shocking yeah, too. So my teeth are just messed up. I never smoked yeah. meth. And, and I have no judgment over here. <laughs> but, oh, but real quick. But again, like you, you guys both noted how, um, you know, he kind of started to throw Joe more under the bus, more, under the bus more. And again, that to me, that just goes back to the whole like rats fleeing the sinking ship type of mentality there was just not to say that i don't know i don't know what i would have done in his position and but obviously joe was buried you know as far as like the feds in his case at that time too i just think people when things uh start going down the drain you also start looking for other people to blame too you know as opposed to say okay mm -hmm. like what was my part how did i get myself into this yeah. so you know it is what it is yeah yeah his his hair looked, you know, a little more fresh. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> it looked like he, you know, he got he got a nice little, you know, curling bump maybe before he got on camera. And yeah, he, he didn't look how he looked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think the biggest, um, the, the person I was most excited to see on this, because we don't get Joe on this episode, we don't get Carol on this episode, and we don't get mm. Doc Antle on this episode. So with those guys not being in it, the biggest person I was excited to see on this episode was Jeff Lowe, because we've heard in the media that Jeff Lowe was not happy with how this like showed him. So I was curious how he would treat um, the host of the show, what he would say. Um, what were your guys' thoughts of the interview with Joe and Lauren? Uh, uh, to be honest, those two very robotic. You know, I was listening to them, but just what they were saying, it didn't seem like their narrative changed much from, you know, I think obviously they were a little, you know, displeased with their, the way that the, the, the show perceived them to be. But I mean, you know, the footage is there and they want, it's something they wanted to clear up their name in a lot of the mess that they had been, you know, assumed to be a part of. Um, but the one thing that stood out to me is that, I mean, they, it seemed like they, they were, one thing that they said was they thought that Joe, uh, no, sorry, that Carol killed her husband. I was, it was interesting to hear them bring that up. You know, it was kind of like a, it, it, you know, it just kind of seems like, okay, maybe Joe wasn't as crazy. We, maybe we're not as crazy because they're at least thinking the same thing or, Maybe they were listening and watching the blogs, like we're all watching. Who knows? But 
I, that stood out to me that they said that. And it just makes me think back to Carol, that smart, smart woman that is just watching all of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was playing chess. They were all playing checkers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Al, what did you think of the interview with uh, Jeff and Lauren? Um, it didn't really move the needle for me on those two, yeah. uh, spe specifically Jeff. Um, and I like to look at people as three-dimensional human beings. I'm sure there's some good things about him that I just don't know. But for him to be complaining about how he's portrayed in the press, you got to give people some content or some material where you're actually doing something positive or unselfish. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When everything yeah. you're doing is, is kind of willing and dealing to save yourself and to save your ass or entrap somebody else or get somebody else admitting something on camera, obviously you're going to look like an ass. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it, I don't know that it moved the needle for me either. I was just actually shocked that they, I still am kind of shocked with what we were talking about last episode that like these people are not getting in trouble for anything, like none of them. So I'm just kind of still shocked that they're, they're like still planning to open the zoo. Um, they talked about the nanny too, uh, they, with both Eric and Jeff. Um, and there's so much, uh, so many rumors about the nanny not being like a real nanny and all this stuff. So it's just, I don't know what to believe with Jeff and Lauren anymore. Um, I'm just curious to see kind of how it all goes um, once it opens. I, I just, I guess for me, I was just shocked that he got on there and he, I don't know. He, he just like, I thought he would go off more about just like how, how, how things didn't portray him correctly. Um, but he was like calm and, and laid back. So I, I was kind of shocked by it. I, I don't know, but I, I noticed you know, that she too. did a, she did a lot of talking actually. I feel like she talked a lot yeah. more mm -hmm. than she did before. So he did seem like, you know, it's almost like he gave like a I got it to prove, you know. That's yeah. what I got from that, you know. But she did a lot of talking this time, I will say. Yeah. And, and side note as far as uh Jeff, and while I, I perceive like his demeanor like that too. But I also, it doesn't mean that he's not doing things to choreograph things like that. The, uh, the nanny, I wouldn't be surprised if she's not a nanny at all. They just yeah. probably found her online, got her yep. picture the same way he like recruited all the escorts to take pictures with him in Vegas. <laughs> it's, to right. them, it's just all press. Yeah. Yeah. We have free Joe Exotic back in the chat that said Jeff is for sure going to catch a charge unless Tim mm -hmm. Stark gets in first. That's such a good point because at the end of the episode tim stark was like so mad at jeff and he was like basically saying he was like gonna hunt him down or something so i i mean i don't know but um so two other people that i love from this season well my two favorite people from the season are saf and ranky and this episode just mm -hmm. further shows like that i they're just like good people um i thought their interviews were great they still shows their loyalty mm -hmm. to joe mm -hmm. um what did you guys think of saf and rinky um i rinky he's okay to me i think that you know he did you mentioned before a couple seconds ago that um you said something about them reopening the case or them getting locked up but he mentioned that he's prepared to go back to court so I think he feels like there's unfinished business. And obviously with this documentary being out, he knows that or has a feeling that they're going to be going back into trial. Uh, what? I, I, and I don't think it's for, you know, getting Joe out. I think it's for getting the other people involved into jail as well. Um, so that is what stood out for me from him. And for staff, you know, I think we grew to uh, love him more 
And uh, I mean, I for someone to have such a a minimal character that had a, such a large role and impact in the series, I think uh, that he was key. You know, it seems like that he is probably like the fan favorite of mm-hmm. the show that everyone, I don't think anyone could not like Seth. You know, right. that's just I me. I agree. Yep. And yeah, I, I really, I, I, she, he seemed to be the only rational person. Now, at the end of it all, that's, the only, that's one of the only persons that you can look at and be like, okay, like th- there was some good. There was some good. Yeah, I totally agree. Al, what did you think of Rinky and Saf's interviews? Is is Rinky the other John? Yeah, no, no, Rinky's Rinky's the one with no legs, but yeah. he is John, yeah. 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 Um yeah. again, you know, like I think he and uh Saf probably came off as as the most uh empathetic, but there was something they alluded to like in the final episode, like it had ended supposedly ended his marriage and he was divorcing his wife because of that. I don't know how, honestly. I didn't know he was married, but I didn't honestly see why he had to divorce his wife because of this. Obviously, maybe there's more to the story, but he wasn't actually a key player in the story. Matter of fact, he kind of volunteered to participate in it. So I want to know more about about that. And if you guys have any clue about that. But yeah, obviously, uh, Saf, I felt like he was only one like what you see is what you get. Yeah. No, I agree. I totally forgot about that. Rinky is like having a really hard time after all this. He said he like lost a bunch of weight, like doesn't fit in any of his clothes anymore. He got a divorce, but now he's like dating somebody new. Um, It's just hard to see all these guys go through this because somebody else who is really struggling, which I know we talked about it last time was Josh Dial. Um, he's the yeah. campaign manager. He is even going through stuff. He was trying to do a GoFundMe yeah. to get help to, um, go to therapy after he saw Travis. Actually, this interview was very interesting because he talks about the incident with Travis and he basically Mm -hmm. makes it sound like he really truly thinks it was a mistake. Like Travis didn't actually mean to kill himself. Do you guys believe that? Cortez, uh, we'll start with you. Well, I want to say one thing while we're moving off Seth. I like one that he said, he he seemed to be the only one that really wanted to portray a good light on Joe. And although he said that Joe should be, you know, in jail, but not die in jail. I thought that was key. Right. And he also brought light to the to the, uh, the Thanksgiving dinner initiative that they had. Yeah. Basically, still showing that you know this 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 man wasn't all bad, and yes. that stood out to me for Seth. So yeah, to him. Uh, but as far as Josh, that was an interesting part for me. Kind of really grabbed my attention because, you know, he's basically for one admitting that he did need some help and some counseling to get through that. Because obviously, we talked about it last week. And that's a very traumatic situation, you know, for someone to, you know, experience that. And uh, it's just just unfortunate to see him in the moment. He was also talking about um, Joe and being gay in Oklahoma and how the population is very small. His character seemed to open up a lot more, even in just this small Mm -hmm. um, segment for the after show. And I I actually enjoyed him, like, listening to him in this segment. It was really, uh, uh, I guess I would say, a a, a nice positive thing to see yeah. Al, what are you, what are your thoughts of his interview? Oh, no, I actually believed he was sincere as well. I remember when they uh, showed the video and I still can't believe they captured, you know, the mm-hmm. accidental suicide on, on camera, but I believed him like that, that uh, uh, the, the boyfriend was running around, you know, with a gun, aiming guns, the same thing Joe was, you know, yeah. I, know I actually know guys in this kids don't try this at home, but guys, what's that game, man? They play, um, like they did in Apocalypse Now. Anyway, don't try, to, 
Yeah. Resident Evil? Uh, where you, you know, you put a bullet in the chamber and I don't know. Uh -huh. yeah. Don't try, I shouldn't even be Not talking yet. about it. But like people yeah. do that when they're high. <laughs> people do crazy things when they're high. And um, yeah. I believe that he, he was just running around thinking you know, that he could put the gun, see, look, it's not loaded, blah, blah, blah. I don't think he was probably in totally in his head or in all of, or had all his faculties at that moment. So I totally believe it. And, um, but uh, Joshua bounced back, you know, he, he seemed, again, I, I, wanna, I wanna give him his credit. I didn't see any, um, uh, I guess, qu uh, questions about his character that I thought would like portray him in a, in a negative light. He just looked like yeah. he was doing him. You know, he's yeah. like the guy, you know, who has his own political beliefs yeah. and he wants to represent that. And this is something yeah. he didn't bargain for. <laughs> yeah. No, um, we have Jill Z in the chat says, yeah, I definitely yeah. think it was an accident with Travis. I mean, Josh said, don't point that gun at me. And then Travis was like, it won't go off and put it up to him, his head. For me, I, this entire time, believed that Travis purposely killed himself. Like, I really thought it, be, I, I just thought everything he was going through he thought he really loved joe because he was all upset about him not getting enough he's had killed himself on purpose but now hearing the story through i side and i just really feel hmm. he can get the help that he needs um okay i think there's something so, to that jesse can you guys hear? Him? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Right, yeah. No, I think there's something to that, Jesse. Just to the effect of uh, again, he uh, Joe kind of modeled himself after Doc, and he wanted to have like this harem of, of husbands, which which is fine. Do you? But obviously, he wasn't thinking about them and as an individual. The time that when he marries the first guy, and then he brings another guy into the relationship, what it didn't seem like he was very concerned about the original husband's feelings. And guess what? You know, one of the guys kills himself. And uh, guess what? Joe goes off and gets him another husband in Dylan. And so I wouldn't be surprised if 20 years later, if and when he does get out, he's going to come back with like a young new husband too. So I think, I, I think that says more about, you know, just like how selfish she is. It's true. Well, Josh did say that he liked them young and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if he gets out and, you know, is 70 or whatever, and Obviously, Dylan is not going to be young and probably not dumb. I, mean, I don't really know, you know, but he seems like a very level-headed guy, even you just watching him now, seeing him, you know, out in the real world. So, yeah, I agree. Right. Well, let's talk about one of his other husbands. The first husband we get to meet on the show, John Finley does an interview, um, and he talks about everything from his tattoo cover-up to why he was wearing his no shirt the entire season. Um, Cortez, let's start with you. Um, what did you think of John Finley's interview with Joe, Joel McHale? I thought it was very funny because Joe, Joe McHale introduced him by saying something he was missing more than he was. And I hollered. <laughs> and then for him to come on the camera and have tea, you oh know, it was just like, look, <laughs> yes. at this, look at this glow up. Like he, yeah, he definitely had the glow up. Was, yes. His teeth look amazing. His teeth look yes. great. He has the best glow up on the entire, you know, he looks, he looks the same, but he looks completely different. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he seemed to be very, you know, happy and enthused and have more, you know, he just seemed more well-spoken, I think, than he was in documentary. So it was kind of refreshing to see him. Now, uh, he got to talking about, uh, wait a minute, he got to talking about 
oh, he said, oh, he was the only character that seemed to be the most interested in watching the documentary. He said that him and his wife watched it like as soon as to drop because they wanted to see what was on it. I thought that was good because it, it baffles me that maybe these characters didn't really watch it, haven't watched it or, you know, watched it later to see what, because if I recorded something, I'm going to want to see what, what I look like because I right. didn't have any, you know, thing on editing. So that was interesting too. He was just, I guess, good to watch too. And uh, he was talking about the drugs. Just like someone said in the comments that, you know, if you got to mention the drugs, then, you know, you probably still do them. But I'm not making any allegations. I'm just saying that um, it, he, it, he acknowledged that he did them, but he said that the whole time that he was sober, I guess, at an earlier point of the documentary, which which was, it, it alluded to he wasn't. And even Joel McHale made a comment, you know, kind of saying like, oh, so you were you were sober during this point? So I don't know. That part sounds a little fishy to me. I think Joel was kind of dimming yeah. <laughs> dabbing in it i would have you know i was like leaning in but it was kind of messy so i guess he kind of laid out <laughs> he lost track of the the timetable maybe he was sober like in that moment but five minutes earlier he wasn't you know so <laughs> yeah right Ow. something something was... so. um yeah and uh, i agree with what cortez said and uh but i did i felt like uh he was more present really just just like looking into his eyes and so yeah. I don't know if that meant he was a, a bit more mature, but I got a chance to get a, a better sense of him as a person, you know, like mm -hmm. some growth, just the fact that he's able to talk about, you know, the, the drug abuse and the, actually covering up the tattoo, you know, is, a, is it as, a, you know, as a, is a step forward as an act of moving on, you know, he strikes me as the guy who probably like five years ago had three other names, you know, crossed out on his back or on his cross, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but hopefully this time will be the last time. And it sounds like he's, he's kind of like, coming out the other and hopefully a better person. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It sounds like it. He won. He got he got the secretary. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And the veneers. And the veneers. Yeah. Those teeth look really good. Those are some teeth. Those are Nini teeth. You know Nini? Those are Nini Lee. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, lo I love Nini. Um, so somebody that I thought was... Um, interview was really good was Rick's. I, I was just, I was oh, yeah. curious to see what he thought of everything because he was on that whole series until he left. And then we didn't really hear from him again. And you know that yeah. he's got to be bitter from this because he kept saying like, this was my retirement. Why would I burn the place down? So I was curious to see what he had to say. So um, he's like off in Norway with his new girlfriend. And he said, even over there, he's getting his picture in like the paper and like people are recognizing him. Um, but he sounded like so bitter. I, I don't know that I blame him though. Um, tell me what your guys' thoughts were on Rick's interview for this, uh, this episode. I, I understand why he's bitter because as a documentarian, I believe he thought what he was capturing really was gold and it probably was. And this is before, you know, Netflix came in, you know, and the entire situation. So he was documenting at first, but I mean, one of the things you learn as a filmmaker and probably as an artist, whether you're an actor or anybody who, who you know, who works with uh, content that, you know, you capture digitally, you have to back it up. You know what I mean? You can't just go leave all your, yeah. all your content at Joe yeah, the Tiger King's house. You know what I mean? He's the yeah, last person exactly. I would trust. I'll be making backups of the backups at my home. So that, yes. that's kind of on him to, you know, to actually lose all that, uh, all, that all the hard drives. Yeah. 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 Um, the one thing that I got, 
is he didn't get his teeth done, unlike John Finley. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, you go from this whole narrative of teeth, and he's like, Rickon is like, oh, you know, but um, I, someone else in the comments said, I, they, well, people seem to not really like Rickon. I didn't like Rick. I mean, when we talked about it, I still feel like he had something to do with those things being burned up, and I believe that now. Uh, he obviously was very, very, very um, upset at Joe, and like you said, we didn't, we hadn't seen him in a while in a few episodes, so it was good to see him. Um, but he was on the same narrative as he seemed. Him and uh, what's his name, um, um, Eric had they they were almost the same person. They had the same attitude and demeanor as Joe, like FDR, you know. And but yeah. I will say, with um, Rick was in more of a lighter spirit about it, and he was kind of enjoying the fame. I think when they asked him about who should play his role, um, if the movie, he just kind of blew up a little oh, bit. So. Right. Yeah, they, it was, he was, he, he was like mad at Joe, but he was living it all over. Like they were talking about Joe being, you know, in his fame, but still you can tell that even Rick was kind of like, oh, like living in the moment. Like this, this is everything. <laughs> that was like, yeah. he, he was, he's enjoying the spotlight that has come despite, you know, burning up his own thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then overall, just like, what did you guys think of Joel McHale um, as, as the, the person that did this show, also quarantined at home? What, what did you think of his um, interviews that he gave? Ironically, I've, I don't have an opinion. I've never had an opinion either way about Joel McHale. I just remember him from being on E, you know, like, well, like a decade ago. Yeah. He was like doing talk soup and he'd yep. always like turn to the side and you know, like show like his profile and his great side. Yeah. He was to me, he was like that same guy. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> he hadn't yeah. changed a bit. You know, he's, he's cool, whatever. I just think, yeah. but oh, when you when you guys were alluding to the beef of the chick from 90 Day Fiance, you know, and him, and I guess I don't know. It's just funny, man. Everybody associated with the show, you know, is kind of like has to hold on to the last little 15 minutes and you know, <laughs> fight for their little cyber clout, you know, down to the very end. That's so funny. Thing. You're right. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. Cortez, what did you think of him? Yeah, I enjoyed him. He was, you know, I like to see, you know, I I think he brought a lot of humor into a situation that we thought was entertaining and funny in the moment, but it was still a very, a very serious case um, and situation. So I enjoyed his jokes. You know, I actually laughed a little more in, in this than I did some of the other episodes. I mean, obviously it wasn't, there was not much comedy. But he was, he was pretty, he was pretty entertaining. I just, I think he was, he basically did the best of what he was given. I don't think they gave him much room for him to do other than interview, interview each person and kind of just get where are they now. That's really all he was given to do. Uh, but yes. I think with a larger type of, like an open panel where they all were there, I would have liked to have seen him. How would he have really maneuvered in that type of environment? Yeah. No, I agree. I think he did the best with what he could because it was it was hard just because he was at home and they were over the thing and it was just kind of catching up yeah. with people. Um, Free Joe Exotic is in the live chat and says, because we were talking about this last yeah. episode too, that he's better than Sean Robinson would have been. And I agree. But but the whole thing as a whole, I just thought it could have been way more entertaining. There's so much that went on. I just thought, you know, we could have heard from more people and there could have been more... Yeah in like information about what actually happened brought in but there wasn't and maybe it couldn't because also there's probably yeah. people are being investigated for things and you know I, I don't know what they can say and what they can't 
So yeah. there's that, you know, Carol would never come on. I think Joe would probably come on and do oh an interview God, from that's... prison if he could, but I think he's in that like coronavirus cell or whatever. Oh, Joe. Joe is definitely, he would definitely be there and we will talk about that in news and gossip. Because that exactly that's awesome. what it's going to be and, about. And... <laughs> and kind of dovetailing what you guys said as far as like the actual uh, the production value of the show. I'm not really judgmental about that kind of stuff. We're doing a show here on Zoom, too. But I could have thought they could have like as they're talking about some mm -hmm. of these these pivotal incidents, you know, they could have like pulled up some of the old clips and like reacted yeah. to them. You know, like totally yes. in a different light now. And instead, Joe's sitting back, you know, laying in his drawers in his bed, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, I'm a person who is like, everybody stay at home. Like, and I, and we're doing this over Zoom. We're usually in studio. And um, I know some of the challenges that, that come with this, but I agree with Al. Like, I feel like it was just put together so quickly. And I, I don't know. I just, there was not enough information, not enough clips, not enough reacting to things that happened on the show, just more of a catch up, where are they now? Which, because the show is so popular, yeah. I've already read like 18 articles about where everybody is now and stalked their Instagram and Twitter and everything else. So I just wanted to hear a little yeah. bit more. Um, but just to, to go, we have Free Joe Exotic in the chat and they're saying that the TMZ special was better than episode eight. The TMZ special is another episode that came out. Yeah, and Doc Antle's actually on that episode. So if you guys do love Tiger King, go check that out. They talk a little bit more in depth about it. Mm -hmm. And I did think it was, I mean, I don't know. I, I thought both were, were fine. And I watched both of them because I love this show, but I just thought there could be a little bit more. So um, yeah, go, go check out that and let, let us know what you guys think in the comments. But um, I don't want to go in further anymore about if Joe could be on the reunion special because I would love to see him, but I know, um, Cortez has some stuff to talk about with that. So before we get to Cortez mm -hmm. with his news and gossip, um, let's go to Al G with his animal apocalypse. Hey, everybody. I'm back with my weekly hashtag animal apocalypse update while we're all hashtag quarantining and chilling. Uh, this time we're going to talk about crazy animalistic zombie mice. Last time we talked about, you know, invertebrates and pythons and ants that actually consume themselves, you know, given the walls are closing in in an apocalyptic situation and people are hungry. But this time we're talking about a, a mice that is out of, a mouse that is out of control. Uh, and this comes to you by way of LiveScience.com. Uh, invasive house mice, an invasive house mice took on full grown albatross on the world heritage site of Gough Island in the South Atlantic. The rodents often kill seabird chicks and eat the birds alive. But no one had ever witnessed mice attacking an adult albatross. So imagine an albatross is like the size of a seagull, like, like three, five, five times the size of a little mouse. Albatross lay only one egg every other year. So every loss of an egg chick or adult matters for population numbers. <laughs> to protect the species and other birds on the island, the Royal Society of the Protection of Birds is working with the government of Tristan uh, Tristan de Chuna, a territory of Great Britain, to eradicate the invasive rodents. But basically, uh, these little mice are getting at these full-size albatross, and they got the albatrosses on the run. <laughs> so they, they, ain't play, they ain't playing no games, and they ain't backing down. Animals are crazy these days, people. Animals are crazy. Oh, speaking of which, I just saw a clip 
on MSNBC about all these animals abandoned over the world because of the lockdown and left to roam free, like in the streets. It's so, I don't know, what was that movie with Will Smith? Um, it's the end of the world. Yeah, oh, what is it called? Yeah, whatever that um, movie. I Am Legend. I yes, Am Legend, yes. yeah. Literally like scenes like that, they were showing yeah. clips from that on MSNBC about like animals that were like untethered and like wandering the streets. Yeah, so it's kind of sad. It, it, it's sad. We're in a sad state of affairs, people. Yeah. Oh, man. Thanks so much, Al. We love his animal apocalypse uh, segments every episode. So thanks so much for that. And next, we are going to Cortez with our news and gossip. Okay, so we talked a little bit, a little bit about TMZ and, you know, how if he could be in the, in the uh, episode eight, he would have won. Be so excited. So let's see, uh, top judge, I'm by myself without a computer. Now, as you recently, um, you guys may know, we put it last week that he was trans, uh, transferred to a prison because of the quarantine, basically saying because he was exposed to people that um, were diagnosed with COVID-19. So now he's in this prison and it in this prison, he can't have access. But while, while this is going on, he's still having to, you know, appeal and fight out his uh, $89, $89 million lawsuit to, you know, for wrongful, uh, wrongful uh, imprisonment. And right now, he's trying to appeal. I, this is goes to earlier when I was saying that he would like, he would have wanted to be there. He's really, he, I think we mentioned in the previous episode that he has people um, running his Facebook account. Yeah. But he can't risk lawsuit. So he's desperately fighting and fighting and fighting to get that. And um, Joe, I mean, he's very persistent. I don't know if he's going to win. I don't know how this is going to work. But they're saying that he's been in there for, a while, for uh, I think, over two weeks now, I believe, or right at two weeks. And I think this article came out today. So I wonder, will he be able to get out in time, be able to get to access to items that he can actually fight this lawsuit? Or will it just be something that just like, oh, well, you know, what do you guys uh. think? I have no idea. Yeah, I kind of, you know, Cortez, I kind of wish, like, even though the guys like lost a lot of points, like character wise, I kind of wish he had some type of better representation because it doesn't seem mm -hmm. like, you know, if he had any degree of a competent lawyer, he would be able to point to basically, um, you know, how the lack of credibility everybody around him had accusing him. Right. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I would have liked to. Mm -hmm. I would have. I don't know. I hope he gets representation. On a side note, I think I mentioned this in the other. Not that anybody's surprised, but all this stuff is coming about on coming out about how Joe Exotic is a racist and you know oh, surprise, surprise. Said. You know this guy from wherever mm -hmm. he is in Oklahoma. And, you know I don't know. And Oklahoma, his, yeah. His but um, apparently, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a rant of him talking about why he should be able to use the N-word. I funny. saw that, you're right, yeah. yeah. Floating around the YouTube. And then uh, his uh, co the, one of the co-creators, Tiger King co-creator, Rebecca Chaiklin has said that racist language used by Joe Exotic had to be cut from the show. So we're wow. sure there's a whole lot more to oh. it. Wow, I did, I did, now that you're saying that, I did see that video of him, um, walking around saying that he wanted to use the n-word because it was like in all these songs and stuff like yeah. that oh it, it's just it, it's crazy mm -hmm. so and actually like who's surprised that he said that nobody's surprised that no, he, it's no. Not surprising, <laughs> it's not surprising. i mean it wasn't showcased so they did a good job taking it out but um it, it's, it's not surprising he's he lives in oklahoma 
It's a re- it's, I mean, just that's just true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It. Oh my god, it's terrible though. <laughs> but guys, it's so sad that this has to come to an end. But we are finally here with the last episode, and I can't believe it's over. Um, really quick, I just want to sh- give a shout out to Bree, our producer. She's just wonderful, been great every single week, and everybody at AfterBuzz TV because everybody there is working so hard. We usually are in studio and these mm-hmm. guys run so much, so many shows and so much content. And now they're doing it from their house. So they're even pushed like to the limit, like you guys mm-hmm. can't even imagine. So thank you to everybody at AfterBuzz for making this happen, for allowing us to keep going, keep talking about these shows that we love. Huge shout out to them. Thank mm-hmm. you so much to everybody in the comments and in our live chat. We've had so much fun every week with you guys just talking about the Tiger King and hearing your thoughts. So thank you so much for joining us. And then also to you guys, Al and Cortez, thank you guys so much for joining me for this show. Um, I've just had so much fun talking about it. So before we go, Al, tell everybody where they can find you at. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody, your boy, Al Gregg. You can follow me on IG at LG underscore Jamaica House Film. That's actually ALG underscore Jamaica House. And let's continue the discussion, man. We want to keep uh, the communication going. There's so much content out there, and I'd, I'd love to talk with you guys about it, too. And Cortez, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. You know, I came in uh, episode three of this, and I, I'm glad that Jeff and Al welcomed me. I've had a good time. Um, watching this show and talking about this show. If you want to continue to follow me outside of Instagram, I'm also on YouTube um, at The Lean. Um, you can all see me in the comments too. So if you want to find me, you can subscribe and follow me there as well. Yes. And I'm Jesse Zaner. You can find me all over social media at Athletic. Um, guys, if you like this video, please give us a thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up button. Um, comment because we still will uh, respond to you because I am still obsessed with the show and it's all I think about and talk about. It's crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. and just check us out on social media and connect with us. We love hearing from you guys. So again, thank you so much to everybody involved in letting us do this tiger King and everybody that joined us. And until next time, see you guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro and me, Maria Menounos would like to thank you for tuning in to after buzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.